Hello, everybody, and welcome to Mind Body Greens Beauty Podcast, Clean Beauty School. I am your host and Mind Body Greens Beauty Director, Alexandra Engler. On this podcast, we explore beauty through the lens of well being. And on today's episode, I have a guest on who I'm so excited to chat with. She is famous for her glowing skin and her incredible work that she does out in LA. In fact, she's known as the LA Facialist. So without further ado, I'll welcome her on. Candice Marino, welcome. Thanks so much. It's so great to be here. Well, it's so great to have you. I mean, you are truly glowing, so I need all of your skincare tips. Um, but before we get into those, I I would love to just get to know you a little bit better. And, you know, why don't we start off with how did you get into the beauty industry? You know, how did you become an esthetician? I always say that if you grew up with me, I was the first person to pop your zit because I've been obsessed with this since I was a kid. My mother actually was in a Dove soap commercial when before I was born. Um, she was scouted leaving a grocery store and the casting agent was like, oh my gosh, your skin is glowing. And so they used her for a commercial. Not that I'm telling anybody to use Dove soap, but it was like it, just a cool story that I knew about growing up. And so I was like, wow, my mom was beautiful. Her skin was nice. And so it really made me obsessed with beauty. And my idea of playing as a kid was like mixing up masks and playing spa. And yeah, like I said, if you grew up with me, I probably popped your first day. It's just been something I've been fully obsessed with my entire life. And going into like the age where you're thinking about colleges, I was like, this is not my path. Like I want to be in beauty. And so I just set out on it and I've been doing it since I left the house at 18. So it's been almost two decades. I feel so old when I say that, but you can't tell because I use good skincare. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that is shocking to me looking at you, but you know, throughout your career, you have really gained this reputation for having this like really beautiful, holistic point of view, you know, the clients that you work with. And I'm curious, you know, what was what was the path to becoming the LA facialist? You know, how did you carve that the niche out for yourself that you do? In this 17 year career that I've had, I've tried to put myself in all arenas of skincare. So I've worked in wellness centers, I've worked in derm, I've worked in plastic surgery. I've been on the very organic side and I've been on the very medical side. And so I decided that because both sides of the spectrum have great value, that I wanted to blend those two worlds together. And so I really approach things with like a clinical expertise and background, but I'm also using things that are very natural and organic. And I like to blend the two worlds together because I think that a great skincare routine and a great lifestyle has the benefits of both. And so I just kind of approached things in that way where I really highlighted like the corrective aspects of skincare, but doing things in a gentle way that doesn't disrupt the entire body. And you know, people just started calling me the LA facialist. I really don't know how it all came about. I had my Instagram handle reserved for years before I started using it. And I knew that I to name my business the LA facialist because I didn't want to be Candice Marino's skincare. I wanted to create a brand that could live on without me. And I just don't want to be the main character of it. I want like the people that work for me to also identify as the LA facialist. So it's like, I guess it is kind of my alias, but it's really meant to be representative of like everyone in the space that works with me. I love that. And I also feel like you do encapsulate the LA skincare point of view, which we're going to get into in a second because um, I, I have a question specifically about it. But LA to me is that sort of place that really does combine, you know, the latest innovations and treatments with, you know, that more organic lifestyle. So I really do feel like your approach is this quintessential uh, LA protocol almost. But before we get into some of that stuff, I want to ask, What is your beauty philosophy? I think I would say with beauty, my philosophy, especially when it comes to skin, is to stick to the tried and true. Stick to what is reputable and don't get swayed by trends. There's nothing I hate more than a skincare trend. I feel like it derails people. I hate like the TikTok challenges. I hate the things that like 
brands or influencers try to create to just get a buzz. Like I really like people to just stick with the plan and not stray because that's when we see results. When it comes to things that are less permanent, like hair or nails or makeup, fine, like have fun with the trend. But when we're talking about skin and when we talk about skin, we're actually talking about health because skin is our largest organ. I don't like health as a trend. I don't like to see people doing things that might cause impacts later down the road. So I hate trends when it comes to skin. So I guess that would be like my philosophy, stick to the tried and true, stick to what a professional has guided you towards and don't stray from the plan. I love that. I feel like that is something I've been thinking a lot about lately is this idea of trends and the balance between, you know, staying up on innovation, but also sticking to what's tried and true. And, you know, why I like your approach and why I wanted to talk with you was because it really does seem like you balance those two things fairly seamlessly where, you know, you are working with a more medical grade treatments, but there is this holistic bend to it. And so, you know, when you approach your aesthetic practice, what sort of, I guess my question is like, what's your approach for creating protocols for people and like creating or bringing a new technology or treatments into the space, right? Like how do you go about crafting your unique aesthetic approach? I have to say, I have all the devices, like all the things that you see on Instagram that are like really fun and interactive and engaging. I own those devices and I combine them in my treatments. However, the hands are my best tool. The hands are my calling card. That's how I've developed my clientele. So even though I have like the hydrofacial and the jet peel and cryotherapy and LED and oxygen and all of the things, my hands are like what I've really developed to set me apart in the space because I feel like the extractions and the massage for a long time were things that the estheticians were just skipping through. I can't tell you how many facials I've gone to and it's just like a slurp of a hydrofacial and then a mask. Like I want people to treat my skin as if it's a Rolls Royce. Like you're not going to put the Rolls Royce through a car wash. You're going to hand wash it. And so I approach skin with my clients as I'm taking care of something very expensive, very delicate, and I'm going to do the bulk of my work with my hands. And then, of course, I'll pull in a device when I need it to either deepen the exfoliation or create some stimulation or whatever it might be. But I really have always relied on my hands. And that's why I can go to India, for example. I went to India and did facials for two weeks. And I don't need to lug all of these crazy devices. Like if I can master my craft with just my hands, then you know I'm a true expert. So I've put the time and the development into the hands. And then the secondary approach is utilizing technologies that do have a benefit. And then I guess when it comes to thinking about things that I want to add into the practice, it's really how does this benefit my client? I'm really not like back to the trend thing, pulling things in just because I see it on Instagram and it's really fun and exciting. I really want to know, is this impacting my client's skin? Is this going to elevate the experience? And is it going to give results? So while I love all of the things and it's it's so fun to have a treatment that is just like so many different experiences in one. I always try to go back to the hands. Your answer about the Rolls Royce is amazing. I love that. <laughs> that is such a good line. But it's so true. You know, our hands are so powerful and our hands are the things that can, you know, really be delicate and exact that precision that we need when you are taking care of something as important as the skin. I teased to this question earlier, but to me, LA has become this like huge hotbed in beauty. Like I just feel like there's so many exciting things happening in the beauty space that in LA. And you know, when you think about big beauty epicenters, you know, you tend to think of the Parisian spas. You know, you think of New York for the beauty for the business aspect. Of course, you think of, you know, Korea. But I feel like LA has really carved out this really unique place for itself. And I'm curious, you know, why do you think LA has been able to create this like beauty hotbeds for itself? Well, I think it comes down to the fact that this is a very superficial town. People 
sell, you know, they have to sell themselves by what they look like. You know, we have the entertainment industry right here. And so everybody wants to look good and everyone wants to feel good. And I think that we have a demographic here that is willing to do the craziest procedures if it means like a tiny, minute advance in appearance. So people will do the surgeries. They will take that downtime to get a tiny little tweak or a finesse with like maybe a rhinoplasty or a chin implant or whatever it might be. However, those same people who are like pro-surgery, pro-injections are also very earthy, crunchy when you break everything down. It's a very unique demographic. And it's one that I love because it's something that from the outside looking in, it seems very polarizing. You think that these two things are like, you know, they can't live in a world together. It's like very mutually exclusive. But most people want to take that surgical or medical approach for like longevity purposes, but in their daily lives, they're very into diet, what they put in their body, what they put on their skin. And so I think that we just have that ability to reach people. If whether you're on one side of the spectrum or the other, like Los Angeles encompasses all things beauty because we have that advancement in the plastics world and such a bustling community of wellness people who are really focused on clean, health, wellness, beauty-centered things. Yeah. No, I think you're spot on. I think it's just like this really unique mix of people. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's a lot of people who probably have to look pretty good for their job, right? <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's a lot of celebrities, a lot of models. So no, I think, I think that's pretty accurate assessment. I like asking this question out of facialists and estheticians because uh, I think it illuminates their broader practices. You know, let's say someone comes in, let's say they're a new client. How do you approach crafting a a treatment plan for them? Yeah, well, it always comes down to the consultation. That's the biggest and most important step in any type of situation in beauty or wellness. You want to know what their history is. It goes into diet. It goes into lifestyle. How often are you in the sun? What type of sleep quality do you get? So all of those things impact our health and impact our skin. So the consultation process really does determine what the course of action is going to be. Generally speaking, in my practice, people are coming because they want to have that facial experience. So even if I think that a client is most suitable for a series of peels or needle needling or send them out for lasers, I'm always usually starting with a facial because I want to work on their skin. I want to see how it responds. I want to get it clean. And then from there, we'll go ahead and we'll work on their primary concerns. So maybe that's acne or pigment, or maybe it's rosacea. So whatever their main concerns are, then we're going to hyper-customize and tailor the treatment plan according to what results are trying to achieve. Sure. I, I want to get into some broader skincare tips because I know you're such a, a, a wealth of knowledge. Let's start out with mistakes that you see people make because I, I always find this interesting. You obviously, you know, you probably see a lot of people, you talk to a lot of people and, you know, you're on social media. So, you know, what are some of the biggest skincare mistakes that you see people make nowadays? Following TikTok trends, following influencers. I mean, I guess you could consider me an influencer in my space, but I have like an educational background in what I'm talking about. So I think there's a difference. I think that, you know, people will witness what they're like, their TikTok or Instagram people are saying, and they'll just be like, oh, it worked for them. So it's going to work for me. That's not always the case. There's also a lot of marketing dollars going towards getting these influencers on board with brands. And that's fine. Like everyone needs a spokesperson. So I totally understand the marketing side of things. But if you really want to impact your skin and you really want to see results, there's nothing better than consulting with a professional who can give you that consultation and guide you and create something that's completely customized for you, not for whoever your favorite influencer is. So I've seen people really, really do some harm to their skin by listening to what an influencer or some like a TikTok trend, like you see the crazy things that um, people post with like, I remember a few years ago, it was that black mask that people were peeling off and it was like tearing the skin because it was actually pretty much made out of glue. <laughs> so things like that, um, like the stupid challenges that you see, I don't do, I don't go on TikTok, so I don't see it, but it does trickle down and I'll hear about it here and there. And I'm just like, come on people, like stop using these weird household items to try to remove blackheads. Like you're stripping your barrier. So yeah, I guess 
that's what I would see say would be the most common mistakes is people just getting swayed by social media into doing something that's truly not beneficial for them. Yeah. When when people come in and talk to you or, you know, when you just talk to people generally, what are you finding are people's most precedent skincare concerns or goals? Like what are people asking for right now? I feel like because I've struggled with melasma, I'm very open about it. I attract a clientele that's really focused on pigmentation. You always attract what you're dealing with because it's like you're vulnerable. You talk about it. So people are like, okay, if she can get, you know, her melasma under wraps, I can get mine under wraps. So I would say the majority of my clients are pigment concerns and age concerns because that's, you know, right where I am. But I see everything. I think that especially now, coming towards the end of summer, moving into fall, everyone's thinking about their pigment. Everyone's thinking about that extra few hours of sun they, they got, you know, on vacation. So this time of year, we're really focusing on correcting and repairing the skin. But I see it all. Like we're dealing with acne. We're dealing with texture, like wrinkles. You know, there's nothing that we don't treat when we're dealing with the skin. So I have a wide range of things, but I would say... Right now, especially because of the seasons, we're dealing with mostly people trying to correct damage from the summer. Yeah. No, I mean, I I feel like I get that too. I feel like right now I'm just getting bombarded with questions about dark spots or melasma or whatever it is. And I also just feel like dark spots and age spots are a topic that kind of does well for us evergreen as well. So I would love to get your advice on how you can go about treating. Um, why don't we start with dark spots and then we can talk about melasma because I, I, I think there's a little bit of a difference there, right? You know, it's funny. There's a study and I should know what the study was, but basically they took twins that are identical twins and one was like a sun worshiper and one wasn't. And the one that was a sun worshiper, they said appeared like 10 to 15 years older than her identical twin that didn't worship the sun. So while I'm an advocate of getting sun because we want the vitamin D and there's so many benefits of the sun, I'm not an advocate of like tanning and like trying to, you know, change the color of your skin through sun just because there's so many negative impacts from too much sun. So I'm, I like to really like tread with caution. And I know it's one of those polarizing topics right now. There's the people that are like, the sun is so good for you. And then the people in the aesthetics world are like, hell no, like we do not want people tanning because you obviously risk cancer. You risk breaking down collagen. You create a visual aging process a lot faster when you're getting a ton of sun exposure. So I'm somewhere in the middle where I'm like, yes, like let's get the benefits of the sun, but also protect the skin. So I just like to mention that. So Identical twins can look 15 years apart because of sun exposure only. They say that textural aging, like wrinkles and fine lines, is something you expect when people age, but pigment is kind of optional. Like if you protect your skin and you care for your skin and you treat your skin with certain chemical peels and lasers, you don't have to have the discoloration. So I always like to mention that because I think it's beneficial for people to know that during the aging process, like the wrinkles and fine lines are kind of to be expected, but the pigmentation is something that will maybe be more telling of age than, or it'll accelerate how- I had no idea. Yeah. That's fascinating to me. Yeah. So when it comes to pigmentation um, and even melasma, melasma is like a chronic lifelong condition that you don't, there's no cure for it. You can just manage it. But when we're talking about sun damage and just like the age process that creates pigmentation, I always say, obviously, we want to recommend a sunscreen because we want to protect the skin. And there's no use in doing treatments or using great products for pigment if you're just going to further get sun. So we want to stay out of the sun, wear hats. An antioxidant serum is imperative. Those coat and protect the cells. They prevent further pigmentation. They also um, inhibit pigment from forming and they correct damage. So we like that. And then in the evening, I always recommend some form of like a retinol or um, an acid that's going to help accelerate cell turnover, lifting that pigment from the skin. And when it comes to melasma, I'm pretty much doing the same thing. It's going to be some sort of a hyper-customized routine focused on pigment. Um, and then I would say for treatment, for either condition, whether it's just sun damage or melasma, Cosmolon is like my gold standard. That peel is amazing. All right. 
all good info. You totally blew my mind about the dark spot thing and the pigmentation thing. I I thought it was just a normal part of aging. I had no idea that it was more preventative than that, I guess. With the right preventative skincare and a treatment plan where you're doing things to lighten and brighten the skin, you absolutely do not have to have crazy dark spots. Of course, like some things are like, you know, in your DNA. So like somebody that has like freckles, for instance, that's something that you had as a child that you're probably not going to get rid of the freckles. There's a lot you can do to even it out. But what I'm talking about is like the sun damage that we all see. If we're diligent with our routines, we don't get a ton of sun. We're very protected and we're doing things that help to lighten the skin. You absolutely don't have to suffer from crazy dark spots. Yeah, that's so fascinating to me. And I did want to ask about, you know, some of the textural and fine line changes as well. Obviously, as you mentioned, those those are to be expected. Those are a part of the aging process. But, you know, we all want to help our appearance as we age and make sure that maybe they're not as bad as as they could be. So, you know, what are some of the preventative steps that you tell people to avoid some of those textural changes? Well, cleansing is obviously super important, but I don't think people realize how important it is. When you go to sleep and you haven't thoroughly cleansed your skin, you're allowing dirt, oil, makeup, sunscreen, all of the things from the day to just settle into the fine lines. And the more you're letting things settle, the deeper you're creating a line. And the lines and wrinkles are actually a form of a scar. It's an area of the skin that's creased and we've lost the collagen in that area. So we want to prevent that from happening. So cleansing is super important. I also, when I'm thinking of textural concerns, I always want something exfoliating. When we think of the age process and we think of healthy skin, we want a very thin, tight, and compact outermost layer of skin, which is the stratum corneum. We don't want thick, dead skin. That ages us. That makes us have more texture. We want that outside layer to be very thin, and we want the dermis, our deeper inside layer of skin, to be nice, thick, plump, and juicy. So we want exfoliating products so that we keep that outside layer very thin, and we want stimulating products to keep that inside layer nice and thick. So Peptides, those are the building blocks of our collagen. I love peptide-based products because they help to keep the skin nice and thick and nourished. I love a retinoid. Retinols are going to speed up that cell turnover. So you get both components. Actually, you get the exfoliation for the outside. You're also stimulating collagen and the deeper layers of skin. So that really supports the age process as well. So those are some things that I look for in a skincare routine when we're dealing with texture. Okay. And then what sort of treatments would you would you recommend for, for somebody dealing with texture concerns? I'm a big chemical peel girl. I love lasers in the hands of the right person. But for someone like myself, because I do have melasma, I'm not a candidate for a lot of the lasers because of the heat associated with them. So for me, chemical peels are amazing because a lot of the ingredients are going to suppress pigment. It's going to speed up the cell turnover. It's going to work on pores, texture, fine lines. So that's kind of like... For me, when I'm thinking about myself, it's always a peel. And for most of my clients, we're doing peels on them a few times a year, no matter what the condition is. Peels are honestly, for me, the gold standard in treating pretty much all skin concerns. And then, of course, there's a time and a place for a laser. I don't operate lasers because the state of California has our hands tied as estheticians, but I have great referrals for people when I do find that, you know, a laser's maybe going to take them up a notch. Okay. At what age would you recommend somebody start with a, start getting chemical peels? I, I'm sure it's different for every skin type, but do you kind of have a barometer of, you know, who's a good candidate for that? We can start treating with chemical peels like on teenagers, like when we're seeing acne and we're starting to see things advance in the skin. Absolutely. I feel like it's better to like nip it in the bud before letting things progress and then trying to do damage control. And as with anything in life, like Prevention is always way more potent and valuable than trying to cure things, right? And it's also a lot less money and a lot more manageable to start treating things before you have an actual problem. I was getting chemical pills when I was young as well because I had really bad acne. So my dermatologist sent me to an esthetician to start getting pills at like 15, which and they helped tremendously. Well, it, it shows because your skin is flawless. So it's really important. I have, obviously, most of my clients are going to be like, you know, 
in like the 30s range. I, I would say most of my clients are like 30 to 60. So they're dealing with their kids' acne and, you know, change. And so now I'm starting to see a lot of my clients' kids and we're getting them on a routine and we're starting with things to just kind of manage things and keep it under wraps before it gets out of control. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. When we talk about acne, uh, I think one of the more damaging things you can do is let it go on too long because then you'll get really deep scars and like those are really hard to get rid of. And, you know, that's like, that can cause lifelong insecurities. So I'm a big believer in like, if you have acne, like start right away trying to figure out a solution that works for you. Yeah. And there's also, uh, I don't have the exact fact, but they say that acne is one of the leading causes of teenage depression, which leads to suicide. So how you show up in the world and what your skin looks like does have a huge impact on mental health. So I always, when I'm starting to see those changes with a client's, you know, child's skin, I'm like, let's get it under control because everyone wants to feel good, right? And acne can be really mentally debilitating for somebody. So I like to try to approach it very gently, but also like, let's be aggressive on like the treatment side, you know, let's get things under control. Yeah, no, absolutely. I had a quick question about dark circles under the eyes. I feel like this is something that I have been dealing with a lot more. I think just with age, I don't know. I also just feel like we've been writing that about dark circles a lot more and it seems that people are just endlessly curious about what they can do. What advice do you have for those of us who look tired all the time? <laughs> well, first of all, sleep is so important. So get more sleep. <laughs> but in terms of like what you can do at home uh, with skincare, one of my all time favorite products for the under eye is called CI Serum. It's from Is Clinical. And it's an antioxidant serum. So it's basically liquid. So if you've ever used like a vitamin C liquid for the face, it's like that, but it's targeted for the eye area. So the reason I like this is because vitamin C in itself is a pigment inhibitor, but there's additional pigment inhibiting ingredients in this that help to lighten and brighten the under eye tissue. There's a copper tripeptide ingredient in there, which is amazing for stimulating collagen. Like I mentioned before, peptides are like, we want to see those in products because it helps to thicken the tissue. And especially with the under eye area, like this is a hollow. So a lot of times you're seeing maybe like underlying anatomy that is causing that shadow. So it might not even just be like a dark circle because you're tired. It might just be kind of genetic and how your anatomy is. But we want to thicken that tissue. So the copper tripeptide is super beneficial for that. And then antioxidants to further protect the tissue from outside aggressors like the sun, blue light, the environment that would cause more pigment. And then overall, it just creates a healthier tissue. I'm a big fan of serums because serums are those power products. They're thinner molecules. They go to the deeper layers of skin and they create a change. So I love the CI serum from Is Clinical. It's definitely one of my first go-to products that I recommend when people are dealing with under eye dark circles. But when it comes to a cream, I love eye creams and I like to layer. So I'll put the serum on first and then I'll layer it. One that I really like, and it's very accessible to all people because you can get it at Sephora Nordstrom is from Fresh. It's the black tea eye concentrate. Sure. I don't know if you've tried that, but the texture is like super decadent and almost like a buttery. I'm a texture girl. So like I geek out on things like this, but... I love this texture. It is so beautiful. It feels amazing, super nourishing, but it's packed with antioxidants. And then their black tea complex, which is also antioxidant rich, but it really helps brighten the under eye, nourish, and also protect. So it's super important to protect the under eye. I feel like people kind of skip out on it and that tissue is so delicate. So we really do need to nourish it. Yeah, I love that collect the black tea stuff from fresh. I haven't used it recently, but now I feel like I need to I need to remind myself of how good it is. I want to talk a little bit about ingredients. I know that we've covered them throughout this episode, but I always love to just make sure I'm getting all the recs from my sources. Okay, what are some of your favorite ingredients for dry skin? We want to see ceramides. We want to see things like fatty acids, like cholesterol is even really good. Things that are super nourishing for the skin. Hyaluronic acid is great. Um, obviously, that's a popular one that we know helps to bind moisture to the skin. But we really want things that are emollient, going to attract and bind 
that hydration to the cells and to plump everything up. And also the peptides. Peptides are going to be a theme through everything just for the anti-aging purposes. But yeah, when it comes to dryness, true dryness, we want to see a lot of ceramides, but we also do want to see exfoliating properties. And a big misconception is that you don't want to exfoliate dry skin because it'll create more dryness. That's absolutely false. The more you hydrate and moisturize dry skin, the thicker you're going to make that outer layer of skin. So when you apply a moisturizer, it's just hydrating dead cells. And when you hydrate dead cells, it's actually thickening and creating a glue with the dead cells in the product. So you're going to have a lot harder time getting through to where you want to nourish because you've just created a wall of dead skin. So we actually really do need exfoliate. So acids are beneficial. Enzymes are my favorite way to exfoliate dry skin because they're very gentle. With enzymes, they're only attracted to dead cells. They won't impact live cells like a chemical peel or an acid. So it's a very safe and effective way to cut through that dead buildup so that when we apply our serums and our creams, it's actually penetrating and nourishing the skin instead of just thickening that outer layer of dead. Totally. I think that's such good advice. I think it's a good reminder to, you know, stick to exfoliation, even if you are somebody with dry or sensitive skin. But begs the question, how often should you be doing it? I like to recommend a exfoliating routine, which I when I say exfoliation, I'm talking about like a mask, a peel pad, a scrub, something that's like a like a treatment, not your normal routine, which will have exfoliating components in it. So when I'm talking exfoliation, I'm talking about the additional thing that you do two to three times a week outside of your cleanser, your toner, your moisturizer, your serum. Okay. It all comes down to what you're using. I'm not going to be somebody that's like go hard on a chemical peel and a really aggressive abrasive scrub. I usually for most clients, I'll recommend a peel pad maybe one to two times a week and then maybe an enzyme mask a couple times a week. So it it's always case by case. I do think that there are some some lines out there that are so exfoliation forward that it's way too much and we want to be appreciating and respecting the barrier of the skin. We don't want to go too hard because then we're just destroying the skin's microbiome or we're causing injury to the skin and all of that. So there is a happy medium, but it always comes back to consulting with a professional that can guide you towards what what's going to be best. I will say though, a product that I can recommend to literally every single person on the planet that I'm obsessed with is called Skinzyme Mask from Jan Marini. And this is a creamy enzymatic mask that will digest dead skin cells without impacting any live cells. So you don't have to worry about sensitizing the skin. You don't have to worry about having um, any reaction with a peel. It's actually something we recommend to people. Like when I'm doing Cosmolon peels on somebody, I send them home with the skin's eye mask. Because when you get like on day three or four and you've got like crazy dead buildup of skin flakes, if you put that mask on, it'll munch through that surface debris so that you're clearing the way so that when you apply your moisturizer, it absorbs and it's not thickening that crust basically. So Skin's Eye Mask from Jan Marini, literally every person on the planet needs to have this in their arsenal. And it's one that you could use every single day if you wanted to be crazy and just really go for it because it won't take any, it'll only digest what's dead. Um, it'll also skin very polished and glowy. So I'm a huge fan. If you're somebody that is like, I got a mask every night, that's one that you can safely do. And you get like a very reflective disco ball appearance when you use this one. I, I'm dying to try this now. Um, you just sold that to me. Okay. What are some of your favorite ingredients for dullness or, you know, pigmentation, basically. Vitamin C is imperative. It's not only an antioxidant per, to protect the skin from further damage from the sun, from the environment, but it's also a pigment inhibitor in itself. Um, vitamin C is also important because you can't stimulate collagen without vitamin C in the skin. So we love vitamin C. Kojic acid is another great pigment inhibitor that we love. I'm also a big fan of acids for pigment because it helps to lift and lighten and brighten the skin. So I like to see a combination of those when we're dealing with the discoloration and the pigment. Okay. And then final is um, premature aging, you know, so more of the sagging fine lines 
stuff? Yeah. So always a retinol when we're thinking of age, it's the gold standard for acne and for aging. And actually they say that about 90% of adults deal with some form of adult acne. And that doesn't mean that we're seeing cysts and pustules and all of that. It can mean that we're just having comedonal acne, the congestion and the pores, the blackheads, things like that. So retinol is really beneficial for every single person as well, because most of us have some sort of acne and we're also trying to delay the age process. So a great retinol product is going to help stimulate that collagen to keep that thick dermis, which we want for the age process, that thin outermost layer so that we have a beautiful, reflective, vibrant skin. So we love to see the retinol. Again, back to the peptides. We want to have that building block, that support as we age so that the skin doesn't start to sag. And then, of course, like there's so many great treatments out there, so many great radio frequencies that help to stimulate that further collagen production. So I like to see people doing that a few times a year or two. Okay. I want to ask you about lifestyle factors because, you know, as we've talked about, LA is also a place that loves its organic odds and ends and it's kind of crunchy and Lord knows that we are like that too. So I, I'm curious, you know, what sort of lifestyle tips do you give people um, to, to help take care of their skin so that way, you know, they know that they're not damaging it in between appointments? I'm really into like looking towards like all of the longevity things that there's a ton of that content coming out now. And I love like the Huberman lab and I love certain people on Instagram that talk about biohacking and all of that. But longevity experts say that poor sleep is one of the main causes of aging for like how we visually appear because the body is repairing itself as we sleep. So we're getting all of that rejuvenation overnight. So I feel like you can tell, like, if you go on a bender, like, you look like shit the next day, you know, or for like the week following, because we haven't allowed our body that time to recoup and recover. So I feel like sleep in itself is one of the most valuable and most underrated things that we can do for ourselves, for our overall beauty and our wellness. But that sleep is helping improve cellular function. It helps just make the tissues more vital. So I feel like that's one of the easiest things that we can all, well, maybe it's not for some people. I know people struggle with sleep, but if you can create an environment and start a habit of winding down without the phone, without the TV, creating a really serene space I'm a huge fan of humidifiers too in the room, not only for the benefits of like the body and for the skin, because we want to have more moisture in the air for healthy skin, but just the sound of it alone is like very soothing. So I'm a big fan of humidifiers. Um, I, yeah, I think this sleep is so underrated and also try to sleep on your back because if we're sleeping on our face, we're like further crunching and creating lines I always fall asleep on my back, but at some point I wake up on my face. I'm like, I think I need to invent something that keeps us like chained to the bed so that we don't roll around. <laughs> well, if you do, let me know because I would be the first to buy it. <laughs> I have been trying for years to sleep on my back and I sometimes a weighted blanket will help, but I can only do that in the winter. I can't do a weighted blanket in in the summer. And so I... Yeah, I, I've struggled with it, but I have been trying for years. <laughs> I think that that's a common struggle that a lot of people have is like wanting to stay on their back, but always rolling over. They're, somebody's got to come up with something. I don't have time to invent it, but hopefully when they create something amazing, but I want, I want royalties. I want to be, I want to be involved. <laughs> here to hear first folks. Okay. So I want to talk about how you take care of yourself and you know what your routine looks like. I think we should obviously start with skincare. What What is your skincare routine? It's a lot. <laughs> I obviously am a skincare junkie and I have access to all of the best of the best out there. So my routine is pretty extensive. I know there's controversy about cleansing the skin in the morning, whether you do, whether you don't. I believe that you should cleanse your skin in the morning. However, I'm not usually doing a huge ritual on every day in the morning. I'm kind of, it depends on what my day looks like. Um, I love a micellar cleanser actually for the morning because the skin, you went to bed, the skin was cleaned. Hopefully you cleaned your skin, you did your routine. So for me, a cleanse in the morning is just removing the oil that may be built up over the evening and to take off products that you don't want on your skin during the day, even though they likely absorbed. But I like to start with a clean slate. So I love a micellar cleanser. 
My favorite is from Fortuna Skin. It's their Aqua Serena Micellar Cleansing Essence. It's going to be a higher price point than a normal one that you could get at a drugstore, but it's packed with really beautiful antioxidant ingredients that help to further protect the skin. So I feel like might as well just deposit some really great ingredients first things first. So I'll do that. I'm always using a pigment inhibitor, a big one that I'm obsessed with that I use. It's it's very thin liquid, so I put it on first. It's from DMK. It's called Melanotech Drops. Um, those are just highly concentrated pigment inhibitors that help to suppress pigment production while lightening and brightening any discoloration you already see in the tissue. So I use that. Then I go into vitamin C. I, like I said, because I have access to everything, I double down on vitamin C. I first use Pro Heal from Is Clinical. I love that one specifically because it has the vitamin C component to protect the cells, but it also has very soothing and calming ingredients that help with inflammation. And they say that inflammation is the cause of pretty much all age concerns and all disease. So we want to reduce inflammation. So I'm using the Pro Heal followed by Alto Advanced from Skin Better Science which has both protective and corrective benefits for the skin. So for me, like I said, my main concern is the pigment. So I'm working on preventing new pigment from surfacing while I'm correcting damage that I've already done. So then on that, then I use Brightening Complex from Is Clinical, which has some acids in it to mildly exfoliate. It has pigment inhibitors, it has antioxidants, and it's super hydrating as well. And the texture and the smell of it is just like obsessed. I can't get enough of it. When I put it on, I feel happy. Like it just makes me happy. Um, so I'll use that. I forgot to mention, I always do my eyes first. Um, so I put my C eye serum on and then whatever eye cream I'm using at the time, I switch my eye creams a lot, depending on the season, how my eyes are appearing right now. I am using the Fortuna eye cream, which has a really nice texture, similar to the black tea one that I mentioned from fresh. I just love a good texture. So I'll put on an eye cream um, moisturizer will depend on the time of year. I'm, I'm more on the oily side. So sometimes I don't need an additional moisturizer after I've applied all of my serums. Oh, I forgot to mention I'm a, I'm addicted to face mists. I missed my skin all day and I usually will mist my skin in steps because I feel like that hydration helps with penetration and will just lock in moisture. So if you're a dry skin person, definitely try like sandwiching serum, mist, serum, mist, moisturizer, whatever your steps are, if you mist in between it, like, I love this tip. Yeah. Especially when you have humectant ingredients in your mist, my favorite mist of all time, actually. Oh, this is really hard. Cause like I said, I'm obsessed. I am obsessed with the copper firming mist from is clinical. Cause it has that copper tripeptide in it, which is going to help thicken the skin. Um, it's also super healing and calming. I also love the vitamin nectar mist from Fresh because it's like an aerosol. So it creates like a very fine, it feels very luxurious. And then there's a few that I also really love from DMK, which is a, a clinical brand that we carry in my office. They have specific ones, whether you're like acne prone or you need more moisture, but those ones are great as well. But like I mist my face all day long. I'm obsessed. And then, of course, for the daytime, I'm using a ton of sunscreen. I love that tip of using a spray in between the serums. I am going to start doing that tonight. So thank you. What are some of your other beauty faves? Do you have any like hair care faves or makeup or, or, you know, any body care treatments, anything? Yeah. So when it comes to hair, I'm like really bad <laughs> at hair. I want to make it a priority to take better care of my hair because I'm the type of person that hates to wash my own hair. And I pretty much will always end up having it up at some capacity. I have like a little, I don't know what it is. It's like a stimulating like shampoo. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Those like nubs. So I like to massage my head with that um, when I'm shampooing. I feel like it just stimulates the scalp and deep cleans. And I feel like it's also probably good for like just making your hair grow and have a more healthy scalp. Oh, for sure. Yeah, those are really good for your scalp. Yeah. So I love that. There's also a product that I love. It's from a skincare brand actually, but it's for the scalp. It's from a brand called Restore C. It's a scalp spray. This is amazing for anybody that has um, dandruff or eczema or psoriasis. You can actually use it on the body because the active ingredient is an enzyme drive from salmon eggs that 
it hatches the salmon. So when a tadpole swims out, this enzyme releases in the egg so that the egg breaks open and the tadpole can come out unharmed, which shows you it'll digest dead cells, but it won't impact anything live. So this spray will munch away any dead buildup on the scalp. And when we're seeing, like, I know a lot of people say, like, my hair will never grow, my hair will never grow. Well, that's because you probably have a dead buildup in that follicle that's preventing the hair to do what it needs to do. Um, so I love that scalp spray. And then other than that, like I just listen to my hairstylist, like whatever shampoo they tell me to use. I'm like I said, I'm not the best with the hair. When it comes to body, I'm a big fan of dry brushing. You don't have to spend a fortune on a dry brush. Any old dry brush will do. We love to stimulate the lymph because the lymph doesn't have a pump like the circulatory system, which is our heart. The lymph runs you know, kind of similarly to the circulatory system throughout our entire body, but it's our job to stimulate it through that lymphatic drainage, through exercise, through movement. So big fan of dry brushing, the best moisturizer for the body on the planet. Like I will, I will say that this is actually the best, the best, the best is, um, body complex from is clinical. Have you tried it? No. Okay. Well, I'm going to send you some of these favorites I talked about so you can join in on how much I love them. Body Complex my personal favorite because it is a hard hitting moisturizer without the thickness and the stickiness and the weight of like a traditional body cream. For me, I don't like to feel like I have a layer on me. I want things to absorb on my body and not leave a residue. And so this is going to hit all of the concerns of dryness and feeling tight and itchy on the skin, but without being like gooey or weird. It also has a ton of antioxidants in it. So very protective. And they also include uh, botanically derived lactic glycolic and salicylic. So you're getting tiny micro exfoliation, which makes the skin feel a lot softer. So if I could only have one body product from the, for the rest of my life, that would be it. And I wish that they had a 50-gallon drum of it because I would just dip myself in it. I'm obsessed. I love that. Okay, I can't wait to try one. Um, and then the last question I just want to ask you is, you know, what are some core parts of your well-being routine? Obviously, earlier you mentioned that sleep is so important to you, but, you know, I would love to hear any any sleep hygiene tips you have or, you know, what, what are some of your other well-being must-haves? I think movement is so important back, even just back to the lymph, like just to get your body moving every day is so important. For years, I like detested hot yoga. I was like, this is the worst thing ever. Number one, because I use my melasma as an excuse, but number two, it's like so hard. And then I found a teacher here in Los Angeles. Shout out to Izzy. She's the best. And I am a full-blown hot yoga addict now. Like I go two to three times a week. And it is to have that level of sweat is just so cleansing. There's nothing better. And I have to say, even though it's super hot and heat is a trigger for melasma, because I'm on such a good skincare routine, I haven't noticed my melasma flare up. And I've been be being very religious with my hot yoga practice for a year now. And I do sauna too. Sauna is amazing. And they say that sauna is very impactful for longevity purposes, but to decrease the risk of heart issues, stroke, and actually Alzheimer's, which is, you know, obviously such a huge concern, you know, as we age. Um, so the heat exposure is a is just so beneficial for well-being and I'm a big advocate. I also love cold. I like the cold exposure too, to reduce inflammation, to help with our metabolism, to help with circulation and all of that. So I'm into all of those things. I do my sauna, I do my cold plunge, big advocate of working out and just keeping the body healthy as we age. You do it all. I'm so impressed. <laughs> Try to be consistent with it. When I'm on my game, I am like, it, when I'm doing these things, it makes me have a sense of accountability for myself that impacts all parts of my life. So it impacts me and makes me show up better at client, um, at work for my clients and for my staff. And it just makes me overall a better person. When I'm not doing those things, I'm a hot mess. I'm just like, okay, let's get a cheeseburger every single night. You know, I'm like one of those people that it's like all or nothing. So I try to just stay up on my wellness practices, because those are truly what make me feel my best, mo most impactful self. 
Totally. No, I I very much relate to that. It's like the second I'm thrown off my game, I'm like, oh, the day's ruined. Might as well like order in Uber Eats. <laughs> sure. Yeah. It's in every moderation. So I feel like when you are taking care of yourself, you're getting the sleep, you're eating well, you're moving the body, you're doing your wellness practices. Like when you have a little hiccup and you're like maybe not eating the best, like it's not going to debilitate you as much as if you're just like throwing all caution to the wind. And trust me, like we all have that here and there. The thing I love to just throw in because it's like it impacts both skin and full body wellness. I recently in the last year started drinking the element packets in my water. I don't know if you're familiar, but I felt like I was just chronically dehydrated. Like I always have a water bottle with me and I'm drinking water, but when we drink and drink and drink, we're actually just flushing. We're not actually retaining hydration. And so these packets are really good. It's salty, but they have different flavors and it's potassium, sodium, and magnesium. And we need those minerals to actually hold on to water within the cells. So people are like, oh, I drink a gallon of water a day, but what does that actually do for you if you don't have the right electrolytes in your body? You're just flushing things and you're not retaining hydration. So for my clients, I love to recommend it because every single person is dehydrated. I don't care who you are. Like we're all exposed to the elements and things that dehydrate the skin. So this is one thing that you can take internally and it really impacts how the body and the skin function. Yeah, no, for sure. I um, I I don't take element, but I use other electrolytes and it makes the biggest difference in my hydration, I feel like. It was like that missing link that I just, I, I didn't realize that, you know, I was drinking all this water kind of for nothing, but yeah. Well, listen, this was so much fun. I loved hearing all of your advice and your tips. You are so smart. I feel like every, every bit of advice you gave me, I was like, oh my God, taking notes. I'm doing all of this. <laughs> Awesome. Well, I'm glad that you learned something and it's such a pleasure to do this. Obviously, it's my passion and my life's work. So having the opportunity to share it with people is really just like so exciting for me. So thanks for having me. Well, thank you again for joining. This was awesome. All right. Have a good one. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. For more beauty content from the team at MindBuddyGreen, you can always read along with our content at mindbuddygreen.com follow us on social media, and of course, tune into next week's episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to rate and review us. And if you ever want to reach out with questions or insights or thoughts, you can find me on Instagram at Alex underscore Blair underscore. Thanks so much for your time.